Well, bond yields are rising as Jerome Powell puts paid to the idea of any sort of easing off in purchases from the Fed this year. So there's some enthusiasm in the markets this morning, even though the weekly jobless numbers out of the US show initial claims are back to where they were in the middle of last year. We'll look at the minutes of the ECB just out, plus NAB's payments data shows corporate Australia is spending again. It's Thursday, the 15th of January, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, U.S. bond yields are not falling today. In fact, a four basis point rise on 10-year treasuries to 1.4%. Uh, and, of course, way higher than they uh, started the year, of course. Yields are down across much of Europe, Italy and Greece being the exception. But German 10-year yields down three basis points, getting close to where they started the year. The U.S. dollar is falling again. Uh, there was a sharp quarter percent fall in the last few hours. It's picked up a little since then. The Aussie dollar was already up, but that fall has helped the Aussie gain three quarters of 1%, the best performer of the major currency today. Uh, the pound also up 0.3%. Uh, same can't be said for the euro, which is pretty flat against the US dollar. US stocks are up, though, uh, right from the get-go. A 0.4% rise in the down, 0.3% for the Nasdaq, less for the S&P, and big rises in Europe. The euro stocks 50 up 0.7%. The FTSE up over 0.8%. Gold down 0.4%, and oil is up. WTI rising 0.4% as well. So here's Gavin Friend again, Senior Market Strategist at NAB in London twice in a week. We are so lucky. Uh, markets have been choppy this week, haven't they, uh, Gavin, it's fair to say, but generally it's it's been optimistic. Uh, and uh, look, uh, Jerome Powell has been speaking in the last hour or so. It seems he has put paid to the idea of uh, any easing off in, in bond purchases this year, and that's helped those yields a little bit. Mm. Morning, Phil. Yeah, I mean, markets, uh, after a couple of down days or wobbly days on equities, generally more... Um, positive, as you say, um, and that's fed through to FX, the dollar down a bit, oil up. Bond yields, to your point, uh, quite volatile in the last few days, rising on market speculation that the Fed may you know, start to have to start to taper its bond purchases at some stage in 2021. Then, thanks to comments from what we've had this week from, well, Clarida last Friday and then Rosengren George, uh, Brainard in the last couple of days, all basically singing from the same hymn sheet that the current bond buying pace is appropriate. It'll take a long time for the Fed to achieve it, you know, substantial progress on its mandates. And today, mm. um, as you mentioned, Chair, Fed Chair Powell, you know, weighing in on that as well, echoing pretty similar sentiments, saying inflation dynamics don't change on a dime. Uh, like Brainard, yeah. he acknowledged there might be some, you know, sort of base effects driving inflation up in the short term, but that the US is a long way from, you know, maximum employment. The implication being that uh, the Fed will look through any kind of short term rise in inflation or in base effects. Um, and, and I think this is the point, isn't it? That it was only late last year that the Fed moved to its average inflation targeting regime. And it said then it is committed to, you know, holding back on policy changes until it sees maximum evidence of maximum employment and inflation substantially above 2%. You know, now with all the excitement the markets are going through on, you know, how much fiscal spending is going to come from the Democrats, um, you know, it, it's time for the Fed to demonstrate that its reaction function has indeed changed and i think you know that's what we that's what we're hearing from those that matter on the fed and uh, in time you know as that message 
is repeated, markets will will have to heed it. Well, I mean, it, it's, it's almost saying, isn't it, that look, if if this extra jolt in the arm for the economy creates a bit of short term inflation, who cares? The Fed's not going to react to that, so don't worry about a couple of trillion being being spent, isn't it? I mean, that's what's being said here. Yeah, I mean, but the other the other side of this, of course, is that we need to know a bit more about you know, what the Democrats, Joe Biden, you know, want to spend. You know, overnight there was talk of a package of something like $2 trillion. He will be speaking in a few hours' time, laying out some of the uh, some of the some meat on the bones, I think, in some of this stuff. We know that mm. in terms of infrastructure spending, that will probably come via a bill later in the spring. The immediate, the immediate question is, what's he going to do on the pandemic relief plan? We know, you know, stuff about the sort of 2000 uh, dollar direct payments, state and local government aid, funding for vaccine distribution, family tax credits, those kinds of things. What he wants to do with this is he wants to do he wants to do this in a bipartisan way. Um, but yeah. but if he if he has ideas that he wants to you know pay for some of this with tax rises, reversing some of the tax cuts we saw under Trump, he's going to meet opposition in Congress and he'll need 60 seats in the Senate to get it through. So unless, you know, unless he's going to use the the budget resolution method where he can just get things through on a simple majority, you know, you know, we, we might be looking at a repeat of 2017 where Trump, despite having both houses, just couldn't get anything done. Mm. Um, and, and we just, and markets just don't have a line of sight at that at the moment. We're going to have to see how yeah. this thing plays out. We will. And, and, and he's also sort of put paid to any talk about Donald Trump's impeachment. I mean, that's happened, but uh, whether it gets clarified, uh, that's probably, I mean, Joe Biden is basically saying, well, let's not worry about that right now. We've got other things uh, to deal with, and I think he's right on that. Look, all of this uh, optimism, uh, you know, it's easy to ignore the fact that the jobless claims, new initial claims, 965,000, way above the estimates, a massive leap from the week before, which has been revised to 784. So 784 to 965, which is the highest since July. So this sort of scuppers hope that there's a job recovery on the way, doesn't it? Well, it certainly was a bit of a shock. Um, the Labour Department said that there were broad um, broad rises across a whole number of states. Um and we also saw it, obviously, in continuing claims and pandemic unemployment assistance that rose by 123,000 to 284,000 as well. Now, one read through is that the latest rounds of restrictions and lockdowns are having an impact on the labour market. That would be the gloomy assessment. But the payment protection plan has back up and running again now you know we know the the vaccine is being rolled it out rolled out and so you know i think i think our read through on this is these numbers are a bit choppy we're probably going to be moving sideways maybe down again in the next couple of weeks see how it pans out um mm. but it's certainly one to watch now uh, here's something else to hit the uk economy beside covid19 and brexit which uh, brexit hasn't got off to a great start for scottish fishermen trying to export their fish to europe it seems but the ft today covering your report from the Economic Statistics Centre of Excellence, even if they do say so themselves, uh, saying that 1.3 million people have left the UK in 12 months, uh, most of them foreign nationals, and the population of London might have fallen as much as 8%. So, uh, you know, some of those hard-hit sectors like hospitality, if they, you know, when we get a rebound in the UK, if they haven't got the workforce, uh, that, that's going to slow down that, uh, that. Or they're going to have to pay locals more to get out of bed and do the work, which could be inflationary. Either way, it's not very good news, is it? 
No, I mean, we've always known that the, the, the trade deal was not uh, as good as the status quo. And because of COVID, you know, you've got the UK economy, to your point, which is particularly exposed to the downturn in the mm. service, service sector. You know, outside of the US, it is the most uh, vulnerable. Um, and there is a whole question about the whole, you know, with the COVID and with the financial sector equivalents, all that kind of stuff. You know, what is going to drive the UK economy going forward? So I think, you know, it's a very fair point. I don't think the government has got a plan at the moment. No, it doesn't look like it, does it? Look, we've also got tightening restrictions in many parts of Europe. Uh, we've got curfews and border controls coming in in France. Uh, the UK is banning travel from South America because of a new strain. I don't think we've got the numbers today for the UK, so that probably means they're not that great either. Uh, but look, at German GDP, we got that. That uh, th- Those numbers weren't too bad. They could have been worse. They could. Uh, so Germany's the first major economy to come out with whole of 2020 numbers. Obviously, they're all going to be negative. Uh, for Germany, this was down 5% year on year versus a rise of 0.6 in 2019, a rise of 1.3 in 2018. Not fantastic results, I have to say, in previous years. I mean, there were, more, there were more working days in 2020 than the other couple of years. So that would have flattered that headline. It would have been more negative had that not been the case. But, five, but minus 5% will see Germany easily the best performer you know, in Europe. Mm. Uh, countries like France and Italy will be seeing double that rate of contraction before picking back up again in 2021 we know of course that it's the services sector that has again to our discussion just now continues to sort of you know suffer the most german private consumption fell six percent that accounted for something like 3.2 percentage points off of the five percent gdp slide exports were weak but were weaker but not by as much as, as the change in uh, the change in imports. We know the story for Germany in manufacturing. It continues to do very well. PMIs in manufacturing continue to improve all the way through this crisis up to 60 almost. Uh, that reflects, you know, a strong order book exports and you know business new business you know to china to asia as well as the rest of europe it's likely that the consumption uh issue will you know stay pretty weak in q1 given the extended lockdowns and the planned vat increases that germany has but on the other side you know there's a good backstory there on manufacturing which will help even things out germany's looking for gdp this year 2021 of about four percent Yeah, so a bit of a bounce back. Having an industrial base yes. certainly helps, doesn't it? There's that contrast between you know between the UK and what drives the UK economy, what drives the German economy. Yeah, ECB minutes. Uh, they didn't really say too much. Uh, a bit more on the need for more stimulus as the pandemic worsens, and uh, a bit of concern, but not a great deal about the impact of a weaker US dollar. No, and and, and I, w- I would say that uh, we heard from Christine Lagarde yesterday, of course, where she, you know she said that the uh, the base case remains as it is. Looking at the way the you know the the virus is unfolding there's really nothing to change uh you know the 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 base forecasts for the for the ecb when they meet at the end of this month. now look this was something interesting out yesterday the nabs payments data for last week shows the uh, the size of payment inflows by business size last week so a six month moving average over the same period last year shows corporates are doing somewhat better than anyone else 11 percent up year on year small business is growing 5.3 percent it's the middle ground and emerging markets which are taking the hardest hit mm. from all of this. Yeah, I mean, there's some encouraging numbers there. And I think it adds to, you know, we've talked before about the, the rebound that we've seen in retail sales, particularly as Victoria's come back online, stronger labour market numbers coming through, you know, the job market. 
Today, we're going to get uh, home loan numbers. You know, there is a sense that things are picking up quite nicely relative to other countries. I mean, we still have the issue with China uh, and the trade flows there, but um, the macro background is, is is actually improving quite nicely. So all of that, I mean, that that presumably is, is helping the Australian dollar because it's going gangbusters. Yeah, I mean, you know, in the strange world of FX, you look at, you know, if the dollar's coming down, what currencies are going up? We know in the last few days there's been a sort of a you know a question mark raised over whether the dollar might actually reverse some of those declines given that you know the the sort of fiscal easing that's going to happen in the, in the US and whether you know the US can grow f- faster than others um particularly when we think about covid and what have you that's that's gripping Europe um but the Aussie dollar mm. is very very resilient it's looked good you know uh, the last few days mm. more resilient than some of the other con- countries well i mean that's got to be because of the way that we dealt with covid hasn't it and, you know another basically the top performer today. Look, uh, tonight, uh, UK GDP for November, we get the three-month moving average and the year-on-year figures, plus their balance of trade, and uh, the industrial and manufacturing numbers as well for the UK, plus for the US, retail sales for December, their industrial production, the Michigan consumer sentiment numbers, including their their inflation expectations, but really, uh, all of that's quite important, but more important is what Joe Biden's got to say. That's what uh, most focus is going to be on today, isn't it? Uh, We'll leave it there for now, though. Good to talk, Gavin. Thank you, Phil. And that's it. That's uh, Friday morning's morning call from NAB. I'm Phil Dobby. Catch you again on Monday morning. Have a great weekend when you get around to it. Thanks for listening.